What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Gadget Reason Radio here on Anchor FM. My name is Sean, and I have a little bit of a different show for you today. If you've been tuning into the uh, Gadget Reason Radio uh, podcast or the broadcast here on Anchor FM over the past two weeks or so, you've probably been tuning in and hearing the daily tech download episodes that I've been doing, kind of wrapping up some of the most interesting tech stories from around the web over the past few days and kind of giving you guys my perspective or philosophy on those stories. And uh, I really enjoy doing those. I'm going to continue to do those. There'll probably still be a tech download episode later today. But I also wanted to start implementing in some other types of broadcasts here on Gadget Reason Radio. I think that anytime I can pass along any kind of helpful tech information to more and more people, the, that just makes me excited. It's something I really enjoy doing. Passing along my knowledge and my experiences to other people is, is just something I really enjoy and I want to do more of. So rather than just reporting on existing stories, I want to kind of share with you guys different stories and different personal experiences that I've had or I'm continuing to have with specific technological products or any kind of things that I'm using to incorporate technology into you know, my daily life. And something came up, or I should say something was brought to my attention about the, the audio quality of the Gadget Reason radio broadcasts here on Anchor FM that um, I really, I, it's, it's kind of embarrassing actually that I missed this, this very simple thing. And I'm going to explain to you in this first segment here why, what has been going on with the audio. And I, I definitely want to apologize to anybody out there who's been listening to the Gadget Reason radio broadcast via headphones, because if you're listening to it through headphones, even this broadcast today, um, there's definitely a noticeable hiss in the background to the audio, and I apologize for that because it's definitely magnified through headphones, and I'm going to explain to you why that is happening, how you can avoid it, and why I think you know I made this mistake uh, to begin with. So let's go ahead and start with that in this first segment here. So let me first just start by explaining the problem and then how how the problem came to be an issue in the first place, and then also how I plan to fix it and how you guys can avoid this problem going forward. So if you've never used any kind of audio recording equipment, or if you've never done any audio recording specifically with your smartphone, whether it's an Android phone or the iPhone 7 Plus, which I'm using in this case through the uh, Lightning to 3.5 millimeter headphone adapter that is included with the iPhone 7 in the box, you have to be aware of what kind of cable you're running from your external microphone if you're using one then plugging into the the phone itself. There's two main types of 3.5 millimeter plugs that you'll find either on um, wired headsets that have microphones or on you know external microphones that have a 3.5 millimeter cable or on headphones. And the TRS connection is the one with the two black rings. If you look at the 3.5 millimeter plug um, at the end of any cable, you'll see that it has those little ring dividers that divide the individual metal tips. And a TRS cable or a TRS connector has two rings and a TRSS cable has three. Now, here's where things get a little funky. Because I have so much experience with audio recording on more high-end workflows, so typically going either into a mixer that goes into my computer or through an external audio recorder that has like phantom power or a whole series of other different connections and ways to connect microphones, um, though that workflow is very different than using you know, my iPhone as the audio recording device. And because of the fact that I've never really used my iPhone for audio recording or any other Android phone for that matter, for something like an audio broadcast or a podcast, um, I kind of just had a little oversight and neglected to, to change my thinking in terms of the types of connections or the way that I would connect my microphone to 
my iPhone. So I was using a TRS cable, which is the standard cable that comes with a lot of external microphones like the Rode VideoMic Pro, which is a small shotgun microphone that a lot of video content creators use as an external mic for attaching to like a DSLR. So you get better high quality audio and it's very directional audio. So whatever you point the, the Rode VideoMic Pro at, that's where most of the sound is gonna come from. And it does a really good job of uh, excluding out surrounding noise. Um, the problem is, is that this cable that comes with the VideoMic Pro was specifically designed to be used with uh, the line in on a DSLR or other camera. And this connection type is not the type that you need for your iPhone. And as silly as an, and as embarrassing as this really is to say, I just totally neglected to even think about that. And, and it's not because I didn't know, I, of course I knew better. Um, I knew that there was a difference in the types of cables and I actually used to have a whole bunch of both types of cables but somewhere along the way, I, I seem to have lost or gotten rid of all of my TRSS adapter cables. And so I was essentially using the wrong cable with my iPhone for these recordings, which means that all of the audio that you guys have been hearing has been the audio coming directly from my iPhone's you know, internal microphone, the same microphone you, you, know, you would talk in if you're, you know, had your phone on speakerphone or, or you're making a phone call. And that is obviously less than ideal and explains the enormous amount of background noise and the audio hiss that has been in my broadcast. And it's really embarrassing. Uh, I'm really sorry that I did not pick up on this sooner. And it wasn't until I actually listened to one of my broadcasts with headphones on that I was able to hear the tremendous amount of audio hiss. So if you've been listening to Gadget Reason Radio, uh, either via podcast or, or live here on Anchor FM, through headphones, I have to apologize to you, especially because it is really, really annoying. So that is the first part of that story. And I'll give a little second piece to this whole story in this next segment coming up. So just to kind of follow up on what the problems that this caused and how this came to be is basically when I heard about Anchor FM, I was super excited and I thought, wow, this is going to be easy and this is going to be great because I already have obviously access to really good microphones and all the audio that I produce for my voiceovers for video or you know as external external audio from from video recordings is always really really good and sounds really clear and and has no issues so you know recording for audio only should be a cinch it should be a piece of cake and the fact that this whole process is done directly with your iPhone just made it sound all that much more appealing and fast and easy and in my haste to just hurry up and create a, a station here on Anchor FM and start broadcasting audio i just grabbed the first 3.5 millimeter microphone cable that I had in my basket of cables sitting here and just didn't even think uh, about whether or not it was a, a the proper cable, the TRSS cable with the three the three bands on it that would be the, the kind of cable you want to use for a smartphone. And so, you know, like I said, the, the result of that was that my phone had been actually doing all the recording via its internal mic, even though I thought that I was speaking into a an external microphone that was sitting here uh, on my mic stand. And that's that's pretty embarrassing uh, for a tech expert to have to admit that. But it's something for you guys to think about if, you, if you're wanting to record better quality audio for your Anchor FM broadcast or for a podcast, and you're wanting to use your iPhone as the, the recorder, then you just want to make sure that you're using the right cable. And, and obviously, I should have been testing the, the line levels and checking the, uh, the sound was coming from, from the external mic by giving it a little uh, tap test or blowing into the mic. But I didn't do that. And unfortunately, it took me a few days to figure out what was wrong 
with my audio. And uh, so, yeah. So when you hear these Anchor FM broadcasts from various different content producers, um, one of the things that you can kind of listen for now is you'll hear some of them sound like they were recorded in a, you know, a, a real production, you know, recording studio. Um, they're crystal clear, no echoes, no hissing, no background noise, and the, the audio levels are perfect. And that's probably the reason why. So um, the, the individuals that are doing better with their audio quality on Anchor FM are probably doing that via, you know, the proper connections into their iPhone or they're recording externally and then uploading that, that audio to Anchor FM via the web app. So, um, yeah, so going forward, um, as of tomorrow, all of my audio from my broadcasts on Anchor FM and for those of you listening on the podcast should be greatly improved. So I appreciate you guys sticking with me through the, uh, the growing pains here. But going forward, it will be much, much cleaner audio, uh, or at least I hope so. So I'll test it out tomorrow and figure it out going from there. So moving past the, the audio issues, and if you guys can just bear with me for one more day here, hopefully we won't have to discuss audio quality problems anymore after today. Uh, I wanted to talk about another thing that is, has been kind of on my mind, and that is the fact that um, I'm always trying to drive home to people exactly what the Gadget Reason brand name is supposed to stand for and then why I called you know, my personal brand Gadget Reason. And you know, every once in a while, stories will come up that will really help emphasize or drive home what my philosophy is about being a tech consumer in this day and age where we have tech products being thrown at us from, from every angle and technology is just changing so quickly that if you're a tech enthusiast, you could quickly make yourself bankrupt, you know, uh, latching on to every next you know, quote-unquote best product. And, you know, I saw an article today that really was surprising to me because it, it was very different in tone than the typical articles you see from publications like like this, which was in this case, it was from The Verge. It was Dieter Bond was the, the uh, author of this particular blog post. And it was about the Nintendo Switch. And it was interesting because he's taking a perspective that is a little bit more self-aware and a little bit more down to earth and realistic than than most tech media publications um, typically follow these days. Most of the tech media industry, including most tech YouTubers, I find right now are really um, they're really utilizing what I call tech porn <laughs> to to you know for lack of a better name. It really it, that's really what it is. It's it's basically using the most drool worthy tech products as focal points to basically help people out there that are watching live vicariously through them. So, you know, when a certain tech YouTuber does a video where he's talking about the new W series LG TVs, which are, you know, upwards of $20,000 right now, um, he's talking about a product that most people watching this video will most likely not be buying. And, you know, we're watching it because we, we enjoy the experience of seeing that product unboxed and, you know, set up in their living room and put on display and then showing us what the image quality looks like. You know, it's a way to live vicariously through these these tech YouTubers or these reviewers. And this article by Dieter Bonn on The Verge today was talking about the fact that he has a PlayStation 4 Pro, an Xbox One S, you know, he has basically the best gaming devices available to him. And he has this huge oversized 65-inch 4K television. And the article is talking about how he hasn't touched basically any of them since he got his Nintendo Switch. And I found this really interesting because this is a perfect example of, of a way that I would typically utilize a, a story like this to, to sort of highlight my philosophy on, on being a tech consumer. Because I basically agree with everything that he's saying. And I started to think that, you know, if, if the Nintendo Switch had been available before the Xbox One S or the PS4 Pro, 
would I still have bought either of those consoles and would I recommend either or both of them to, to people that ask about them? And that's where things get really interesting because, you know, being, being a tech enthusiast that I am and being someone who tries to look at the best reasons to buy any new tech product that I'm interested in, um, I probably would have to say that based on my experience with having the Nintendo Switch since launch day, which was, uh, what was it, March 3rd, I probably would not buy an Xbox One S and a PS4 Pro if if the Nintendo Switch had already been available and I had already been using it when those when those systems both launched. So and the reason for that is it's completely unnecessary. You know, um, essentially the what the Nintendo Switch brings to the table and how much more accessible it is in terms of time and the the way that I approach playing a game um, is is very much something that is providing a unique and new experience that can't be delivered through any of the other consoles or PC gaming for that matter. So when it comes to, you know, new technology, I probably would have spent the money on, you know, probably the PS4 Pro, if I'm being honest, and I probably would have left the Xbox One S, even though there's some games that are only available on Xbox that I really enjoyed, like uh, Gears of War 4, and I probably would have just played those games on my PC, and then I would have spent, you know, the copious amounts of time that I've spent on my Nintendo Switch, um, you know, this, just like I have done for the past few months. And so, you know, there's, there's a point where we start buying technology just because someone recommended it or reviewed it and said it was great, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be great for us. Now, even though this story is about the Nintendo Switch, and we're talking about the Switch because it's so relevant right now, it's so popular, it's been getting overwhelmingly positive reviews since it launched, and obviously the more that it continues to sell out, the more people are going to be clamoring to get their hands on one to see why people have been so anxious to buy them and why it's been selling out. But you could really apply the same context of this article to just about any new piece of technology. People often buy technology that they that they don't really fully understand how they're going to utilize it or if all the features of that of that new product are are really necessary for them in their particular use case. And so my approach to to considering whether or not to buy a consumer product um, like the Switch or when someone asks me if a certain device is worth it or a certain product is worth it, what what philosophy do I apply to that? Uh, it's basically pretty simple, and it comes down to weighing out all the real reasons why this product even exists in the first place, like what makes this product great or special, and weighing those against you know my personal needs or my real-world use scenarios that I might run across for a product like that. So that's kind of the approach that I apply to just about every tech product or every consumer electronics product that I buy. And I think if more people did that, they would be more satisfied with the products that they had than if they just constantly said, I'm going to buy you know, what's your best product? What's your best smartphone? Great. I'll take one. What's your best TV? Okay. I'll take one. Um, that doesn't necessarily always work out to be the right choice. And, you know, I think if more people gave more thought to, you know, the real reasons why these products are being developed and who they're being marketed to and what is your real situation going to look like, then they would probably not only save a lot of money and be able to buy more products, but they'd actually just be happier with the products that they have. So if someone were to ask me, hey, Sean, is the Nintendo Switch worth worth buying? You know, do, do you like it? Are you glad you bought it? I would give them the following reasons why I think the Switch is great. And if these reasons don't apply to you and you think, well, I don't really care about any of those reasons, then you know that the answer is no. The Switch is not a good purchase for you. But if you can answer yes to 
you know, most of them, then I would say that you have your answer. You have the, the switch is probably something that you would get a lot of enjoyment out of and it would provide a lot of value dollar for dollar versus a lot of other things you might, you might buy that are similar products. So, um, so let's take a look at that for a second. So what are the reasons why I love the Switch or why I think the Switch is so great. Well, number one, I'm a Nintendo fan. I love the Nintendo franchises like Mario and Zelda and Metroid Prime and um, the Toad series and you know even the newer series like Splatoon and ARMS have been great. So I, I love the Nintendo aesthetic and I love the, the Nintendo uh, experience and, and all the, the, the IPs that they have access to. So, so that's number one. I mean, if you can answer yes to that, that's kind of a no-brainer. I think a lot of Nintendo fans uh, you don't even need to ask the question of whether the Switch is um, something they should buy. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah, go buy it. Um, that's, that's just a given. But the real question is, is beyond the true hardcore Nintendo fans, is the Switch going to be successful? And is it still something that other, you know, non-diehard Nintendo fans should want? So let's look at some of the other reasons. Well, right out of the gate, Nintendo has basically proven something that I've long believed, which is that Gamers and consumers are clamoring to get their hands on a device like this. You know, NVIDIA has been trying it with the Shield products for years. Um, you know, PlayStation tried it with the PlayStation Remote and the PS Vita, where you could play your PlayStation 4 games remotely through your Vita, but that was all streaming and it was a terrible experience. But the idea that people want to be able to play the same games that they play at home um, on their couch, on their big screen TV, when, while they're away and when they leave the house is nothing new. And I just think that the game developers, as well as companies like Microsoft and Sony, have just not quite been paying attention and, and wanted to take the risk that this was something that gamers really wanted. So the gameplay experience has completely changed for me since getting my Nintendo Switch. I, I have maybe played my PlayStation 4 Pro three times in the entire time the Switch has been available. And that's not because I don't enjoy it. It's simply because the Nintendo Switch is is just such a unique gameplay experience. The way that I can approach playing a game when I know that I can take it with me if I have to leave the house or if I have to go on a trip is completely different than what my experience is when I have to think about playing a game that I can only play sitting you know, at my desk, at my computer, or on my couch in my living room. And so that's a big factor for me. And unless you've experienced that firsthand, like spending a few days with the Nintendo Switch, you really can't appreciate how different the experience really is because you know you can take it anywhere you want to take it. So let's move on to another good reason, which is the fact that the Nintendo Switch gets incredible uh, amounts of, of gameplay um, development right now because everybody now is seeing that the Nintendo Switch is selling out for quite a few months. It's not just a, uh, a fad that was going to sell out one or two times and then, and then they were just going to be available to everybody. It's continuing to sell in, in very good numbers. Several games have already sold millions of copies and the developers now are saying, okay, this thing is real and let's start making games for it. So now you have companies like 2K Games, which had already announced that it was bringing NBA 2K18 to the Switch, is now bringing over um, the WWE game that they bring out every year, which you know I'm not a fan of, but I understand a lot of people are, and it's still a good thing that it's coming. You have, obviously, EA bringing FIFA, and hopefully maybe some of their other sports titles to the Nintendo Switch, maybe in the next, um, in the next year or 18 months. And you have just a lot of other developers continuing to announce 
new titles are in development for the Nintendo Switch. So I think content-wise, there's going to be plenty to play. And that's not to say anything about all of Nintendo's first-party titles, which are continuing to trickle out at a very good, um, a good pacing right now. So you have, you know, Breath of the Wild launched, and right when people were kind of getting done with that game, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe launched, and, you know, people got to play that for a little while, and then ARMS came, and now, obviously, Splatoon 2, which, if you haven't played, is a fantastic online shooter. Just such a good, addictive game to play. Um, and so there's plenty of game content. So there's another really good reason to buy a Nintendo Switch. Another great um, sort of feature to the Nintendo Switch is the fact that it does have a USB-C charging port. So there are portable battery chargers that will that are capable of providing enough amps to charge the Nintendo Switch. And aside from that, you can charge it with any standard USB-C cable you might have for other products that you carry, whether that's your smartphone, maybe the new MacBook Pro, maybe your GoPro, whatever it is that has USB-C. So if you already carry a USB-C cable and charger with you, that's just one less thing you have to worry about. So, you know, if you're on a plane, as long as it has a the plug outlet under your seat, you can charge your switch and play to your heart's content. But even in those scenarios where you don't have access to an electrical outlet, then you just buy a battery pack that's capable of charging the switch and you're good to go for a good solid part of a day. Um, so that's kind of a nice feature. I'm glad that Nintendo went with a, a standardized charging port rather than some type of pr proprietary connector. Um, so uh, another thing that I think is you know, a really compelling reason to have the Nintendo Switch is just the fact that it does provide um, that family gameplay experience. So if you do have kids or you do have um, friends and family that like to come over and, and play some of those party type games, the fact that the Joy-Cons pop off and can be used as individual controllers um, and then combined with you know, the Pro Controller or additional Joy-Cons to make for you know, some four player um, type gaming experiences is really awesome. And, and even in tabletop mode, you know, being able to just pull off the Joy-Cons, hand one to a buddy and have a few rounds of Mario Kart 8 without having to carry any extra accessories is really a cool experience. It's not something that I've used a lot, but it's definitely cool and it's fun that, it, that it's available there. And it's not something you can get on any other console. So, and that brings me to kind of the last big reason. And that is the fact that the entire experience of the Nintendo Switch is a unique experience. It's something you really can't, you can't mimic what you do on the Nintendo Switch with a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One S or PC gaming or however else you consume gaming content. It really is something that's very, very unique, very Nintendo. And Nintendo took a big risk. They developed a console that would be completely different. It is obviously underpowered when you compare it to something like the PS4 Pro or the Xbox One S and, and, and even you know PC gaming. But it doesn't matter. And I think that's another another big factor that game developers are starting to recognize that gamers out there are obviously willing to, and, and they've spoken with their wallets, that they're willing to sacrifice gaming quality, like lower resolutions or maybe slightly less graphical features than you might get on the same title on another platform to be able to, be able to play that game anywhere you go and have it completely accessible to you everywhere. And, you know, this is something that is kind of a little bit of a sore spot for me when I see developers making comments like, oh, our game is never coming to the Switch because it's un underpowered. It would just never run on, on the Nintendo Switch. And I think that we, I think that, you know, for me, my message to those developers would say, would be to say, hey, be a little bit more responsible with your comments. Don't, uh, don't just say you're not going to do it because the Switch couldn't handle it. You know, be honest with the gamers and consumers and say, we're not willing to take the risk on bringing that game to the Nintendo Switch because we're still not sure that the Switch is going to be a good investment, you know, of our time. To be able to spend the time and money to port that game to the Switch and make it run well, 
would be something that would be you know not a good return on investment we're not convinced that it'll sell enough copies and i'd be fine with that that reason but uh you know to say that it just can't be done is silly i think you know when you see a game like you know elder scrolls running on the nintendo switch even though that's an older title it looks great and no other portable console has ever played a game like that and you know obviously a game like for example um, a game that I think that would be really, really good on the Switch would be Destiny 2. Now, obviously, it would not look the same as it did on the PS4 Pro, um, but I think that you could scale it all down, lower resolution, lower texture quality, and and take off some of the bells and whistles of the, you know, maybe the lighting effects and things like that, and you'd have a game that I think more people would play just because they could play it on the go and because they could accumulate experience and do some looting for 15 minutes here and there throughout the day and that way when they sit down to play on the weekend or at night they're not so far behind all the other players who have chosen to spend you know all of their their spare time sitting in front of the television collecting loot and and have the best weapons so that was kind of the big turnoff for me on destiny one was that i just couldn't stand playing anymore because i didn't have the time to invest and i was always underpowered and getting my butt kicked so um, so a game like Destiny 2 would be absolutely amazing on the Nintendo Switch, and I'd be willing to play it on the Switch more than I would any other console, even though it wouldn't look as good. So I think that that's something that more and more game developers really need to look at. But these are all the reasons that I would look to considering whether or not the Switch is a good, you know, a good buy or a good, if you want to call it, investment for you. Now, if your answer or, or your thoughts on anything I've just said are, I really don't care about any of that, then you definitely should not be buying a Nintendo Switch. So if you if you did buy a Switch maybe on launch day and you still think that all the reasons I just gave don't fit your needs, then you probably bought a product that you that you really didn't need to buy. Um, because you know I can't see any reason why someone would want a Nintendo Switch if they didn't care about all of the all the reasons that I just mentioned. So so that that's my philosophy on on tech consumer shopping in general, and I apply that same thought process to doing a tech review for any product that I do one for and and the same process that I use when I'm considering you know what products I want to actually buy to keep and to continue to use and incorporate in my day-to-day -day life so so yeah so I hope you guys liked this this type of open discussion type show um, you know obviously if you didn't please leave me some comments below saying you know you just it was too much information or you just didn't care if you did like it you know let me know you liked it favorite the station um, leave me some comments either via text or a call-in and uh, you know feel free to hunt me down on social media uh, at gadget reason and leave me some comments there as well you can use the hashtag gadget reason radio just so I know you're referencing something you heard on the on the broadcast here but yeah that's it for this episode thanks for tuning in and listening I appreciate all of you guys that have favorited the station already and be sure to uh, let everybody else you know that wants to hear about some cool tech conversations about this show or the daily tech downloads. And I will be doing a daily tech download episode later today, unless I run out of time, and then I'll just make it up tomorrow. But otherwise, that's it for this broadcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.